friends, and welcome back to Ghoul's Night In, the spooky chat show with your best ghoul friends. I'm Penny Snark. And I'm Midge Munster. And we have talked about um, a variety of horror and spooky movies on this podcast. A lot of them, I think, summon really autumnal vibes. Obviously, makes sense. The spookiest time of year. Uh, but there is one movie that always always feels right for spring and summer mm. to me. And my feelings on that were confirmed, you know, with an unexpected TikTok trend last year. So <laughs> let's talk about Practical Magic Yay! today. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Yay. Oh, my gosh. That's what I had. I had thoughts next, but I thought I already knew. I thought, thought I already knew your thoughts on this. Yeah, I love this movie. And I had the distinct pleasure of showing it to Devin and Andrew for the first yes, time. Yes, I remember ago. that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I. This is actually one of the earliest, like, witch related films i remember watching other than hocus pocus i saw that this is one of the few like spooky adjacent films that i saw very young and i i have like deep 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 affection for this film (laughs) (laughs) yes um i i am a newer comer to this i don't think i saw this until after college oh wow maybe yeah um it is it is a favorite of um my friend cindy and she was like i can't believe you've never seen practical magic like it's so up your alley we gotta watch it and we did and she was right and i loved it uh (laughs) what i mean literally what's not to like every aspect of it is well you will we'll see as we go into this uh (laughs) So uh, Practical Magic came out in 1998, and hilariously, it was released on October 16th. So, you know, in spooky season, like in comparison to, you know, Silence of the Lambs coming out on Valentine's Valentine's Day. Day. (laughs) So I think that's really funny that this is like kind of the one kind of like witchy movie that I really don't think of as like an autumn movie. (laughs) And it is the one that came out. They were like, oh, we should put this out in October probably. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, the film doesn't have a particularly autumnal vibe. No. Inside of the film itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it is based on a book, um, but it sounds, I have not read the book and it sounds like it's really not similar at all. As someone who has read the book, (laughs) you are correct. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it, it, the 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 very base story is the same. The very, very, very base. <laughs> but yeah. a lot of a lot of liberties were taken. Yes. Yes. Um. So for those who are unfamiliar with this, just a a quick cliff's notes. Um. The movie is about two sisters, Sally and Jillian Owens, who are played by Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Hot. Fabulous. Um, <laughs> so beautiful. So beautiful. Um, they are descended from a long line of witches. Um, and way back in the day, their ancestor placed a curse on their family um, when her lover didn't come rescue her that any man they love will die, which seems like a, a tough thing to put on yourself. Like, I feel like you're punishing yourself here for this dude's misdeeds. Yeah. The. the um... The way it's presented in the film, though, I don't remember exactly how they phrase it, but like that it's it's to protect them from dying yeah. of a broken heart, I think, is like what the like concept is. So it's less about the man dying. It's just that they the curse is more that an Owens woman will never like fall in love. And so then the accidental happenstance of that curse is that if they do fall in love, 
the love is removed. <laughs> it's like when you when you you know all how witch movies are always like if you aren't careful how you word a spell, whoopsie doopsie, you zombies. <laughs> very like true, that's very true. yeah. So I think it's more of like, oops, I accidentally killed a bunch of men. <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes. <laughs> Uh, so this movie starts um, with them as little girls coming to live with their eccentric aunts, uh, played by Stalker Channing and Diane Weiss. Stalker so Channing. Iconic. Stalker Channing. So I, I aspire to be Stalker Channing in this film. Oh my God. Right. Like, yeah, the, the ants ever, you gotta be, you want to be the ants. They are Queen the best. energy. I mean, Diane Weiss also is incredible, but, uh, yes. having been a, a, a musical kid growing up. Oh Yeah. Uh, I already was in love with Stalker Channing, and then there she was being a witch in a big old house, and I couldn't handle it. I know, right? Um, and the film also jumps to adulthood, and then we have to deal with, you know, adult problems uh, like raising your kids and abusive boyfriends, and being possessed by your abusive boyfriend. I hate when that happens. And yeah, all all the all the regular stuff, regular regular stuff uh, that a lady has to deal with. Uh, <laughs> So I, I was actually really surprised uh, to learn that this film was incredibly poorly reviewed when it yeah. came out. Yeah. Yeah. It has a 21% on Rotten Tomatoes um, from critical feedback. And yeah, people did probably not that, like Probably did that not guy like from the, the trivia guy. Yeah. Roger Ebert. Yeah. It's probably him. Yeah. He, he didn't like it. Entertainment <laughs> Weekly didn't like it. Like nobody... It, I mean, only 20% of people, <laughs> like critics, I mean, people, obviously it has a more popular cult following today. And I'm sure, you know, plenty of people who saw it in the time were like, I liked this. Right. Um, so also, as we learned, is standard for 90s witch movies from our The Craft episode. Uh, they did have a witch consultant on Yay. this movie. Uh, so Griffin Dunn, the director, brought her in through a mutual friend, uh, but they did not have as good of a time with their oh, no. witch consultant. Um, apparently, she was upset about what her compensation was and was asking for like percentages from the movie and extra payment. And it escalated to the point that she both sued the studio and put a curse on the director. Womp womp. Which is pretty it's it's tough to double up but i'm also like do you not have a lot of faith in your curse then ma'am like if you also want to sue <laughs> i uh well i don't i don't know that the curse wouldn't get her any money though this that's is just a fair a point this, that's true that is I, just the personal beef i would love to know uh what happened to that director <laughs> Did, well, was the curse successful? So, so the studio ended up paying some kind of out of court settlement to just kind of kill this stuff and uh griffin the director said that he did he got what he describes as an exorcism like just to be careful um it sounds like kind of a general like cleansing an smudging cleanse. type of thing he said there was like smoke and stuff and it's funny because he has said in like many interviews that he isn't like he was like i'm not really interested in witches <laughs> but like i thought this was like a really cool story about like strong women and wanted to do it and so the interviewer in like the article I was reading was like, oh, so you don't believe in this, but you got like, but you will capitalize on it anyway. Yeah. And, he, and he like, he gave a quote where he was just like, if you're generally like a, a person who believes in anything spiritual and open minded, then I feel like you got to be open minded about the other stuff that you don't necessarily believe in. So I was like, 
better be careful. <laughs> I'm also curious. Did she announce? Was she like, I've cursed you? <laughs> um, she called him and oh. was like. <laughs> Not so, petty as hell. I love so, that. <laughs> so I think she had called him to yell at him. And it was when the studio called her to be like, hey, like, we're not paying you. Like, chill out. She was like, I'm putting a curse on Griffin and I'm hexing this movie. So there, Griffin thinks that he's like, well, maybe people didn't like this movie because it was hexed. That's funny. I mean, I just feel like personally, if I'm going to, you know, put some energy on someone in a malicious sense, announcing it kind of (laughs) maybe takes away from the power of it. Like, because yeah, then you can just go like do a return to sender, do a cleanse. Like, I feel like if she really wanted to get him, she could have just, just don't say anything. Just don't say it. (laughs) Just, just keep it on the DL. Anyway, so he he's fine. He's still kicking. It worked out for him. Uh, but so one of the things that I thought was interesting um, in a lot of these reviews is that they call out the movie as being tonally inconsistent, which I can't super disagree with because yeah. like there's a lot of very dark elements like there's murder and being possessed by a guy that you murdered and being investigated for your murder. Um, but it's also very much about, you know, understanding your own magic and having your cute small business and drinking midnight margaritas um (laughs) that's kind of what i like about it though is that it it is like really fun and light but also deals with some really complex things which i think Mm -hmm. i don't know in my head that's what good film does not saying this is like a critically acclaimed like (laughs) yeah (laughs) well thought out script but like i i do think Honestly, the Midnight Margarita scene is one of my favorite scenes in the film because it does go from this like really high camp, like ridiculous fun, like thing that would never happen in real life, probably. And then when it takes that sharp left turn out of Mm -hmm. nowhere, it's really jarring in a, I think, effective way. Um, So I don't know. I, I definitely agree with the sentiment, but I don't think it's to the like, I think it's almost to the betterment of the movie, not so much the hindrance. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, for like for me, I feel like some of it is just kind of comes from this expectation that like a movie is only one thing or that or that like something that's lighthearted can't have any moments of darkness. And I think that obviously, you know, you and I, I would say, are are pretty bright and lighthearted vibes, but, you know, with an interest in the dark and macabre and Mm -hmm. you get a little bit of that sprinkled in and it is like it adds flavor it makes things feel you know like you've got the full the full breadth of the experience going on yeah it makes it feel honest because life isn't all sunshine and roses (laughs) (laughs) even when you're a witch even when you're a witch and i mean and i think that a lot of us who love this movie um really relate and appreciate like the themes of like women and sisterhood in this Mm -hmm. movie like we've got obviously the aunts um you've got jillian and sally you've got jillian's daughters and then you even pull in at the very end you know these women of the town who have been kind of judgmental but you are like you know what when when the chips are down you sometimes you gotta you gotta knuckle down and join up with some witches and just make some sweet lady magic happen yeah (laughs) the one (laughs) that is now bringing to mind the one part of the film that i feel like is the most tonally inconsistent Mm -hmm. is the very end (laughs) 
when like he turns to dust and then <laughs> it's like this horribly dramatic like they don't know if Nicole Kidman is like even alive and then they're all just like sweep him out lady yes sweep <laughs> him out I, I mean I love it but it is a really like wh- what did I just watch what I happened know. Oh my that, goodness. the whole uh, exorcism scene is so dark yeah yeah it's really dark and intense but it is i mean in the same way we were just saying you know you come from this dark and intense moment and then you're like all right it's over we gotta clean up like we (laughs) get it out get it out and yeah it's just very good and it was i was very i was surprised while um researching this to see that it was directed by a man just because i feel like it a lot you know a lot of movies um written or directed by men about women have some fundamental misunderstandings of what uh, women in their relationships are like. And this one just has always felt like very, very true to me and my, my experience of being someone with a sister and with, you know, close female friendships. And maybe that, maybe that stems from the fact that the book itself is written by a woman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, that the the storyline was already there yeah you know and built out in by a feminine presence so i'm sure that helped um but yeah yeah as a rule (laughs) (laughs) female stories told by men tend to not uh quite capture the experience yeah they get a little they get a little weird um but I think we cannot talk about this movie without talking about one of the major reasons for its enduring appeal, which is the design mm-hmm. and and the vibes of the movie. And uh, the production designer um, was Robin Standeffer, um, who also did production design for Goodfellas and Zoolander, <laughs> which I love because, like, I mean, if you think aesthetic. about it, like, Zoolander is an extremely aesthetic movie. Yeah, it's very high aesthetic. Um, but the thing that I super love, um, reading about this and I ended up like digging a little deeper into her is, so she, you know, was a production designer and she actually met, um, her husband who is also like a design and architecture guy in the movies and they worked together on a lot of movies and the stars like loved the set so much that they would be like, can you do my house? And they actually left production design and started a design firm that is like still going strong today. And they like designed one of the galleries at the Met in New York and stuff. So they're, they're kicking it. Um, So the house is so, so iconic. And oh my gosh, the disappointment when you find out that it's not a real house. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The heartbreak. Um, So yeah, Robin um, designed the house and her husband, Stephen, was the architectural consultant on the film. Um, It was inspired by East Coast lighthouses and Victorian homes. Um, I definitely was thinking about um, your spooky house Uh, episode. I was literally just about to bring that up because it's a a cool thing that even though the tone of the film is really light and like overall they are, quote, good witches, Mm -hmm. like they really still gave that haunted house but like make it bright. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's Look. got the, the widow's walk and the yeah. tower and so many of kind Little of the mansard roof on the yes, tower. All those iconic elements that you talked about in there. And I was like, Oh yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they did build a like 
it was referred to as an architectural shell of it. Um, it was built on San Juan Island in Washington uh, for the exterior shots. And apparently Barbara Streisand called um, Robin and her husband and was like, where's this house? I want to buy it. And they had to tell her that it did not exist. Nothing has ever made my heart happier than that sentence you just said. I know, right? I didn't know that. And um, anyone who knows me personally and knows anything about me, I am obsessed with Babs. I have literally her entire like discography on vinyl was the first thing I collected when I started collecting vinyl. (laughs) See, I did not know this about you. I didn't know you were such a bab stan. Yeah. uh, I used to like, I bought one of these ridiculous hats at a thrift store when I was a kid. And I used to like put on performances of hello Dolly in my bedroom. Like, but as Barbara, like, yeah, I, um, that's incredible she's she's one she's one of us she wants to live in the practical magic house that doesn't surprise me at all i'm i know for a fact babs is a witch i know that in my heart oh my goodness and yeah she still um, looks so good at 78 however old she is she's so lovely um and then the interiors um were built on sound stages um but so stunning like that kitchen is such a dream yeah oh my goodness and it's very much i feel like this is the whether or not that's accurate and I'm just blowing smoke out my butt. <laughs> um, but I do feel like this is kind of the precipice of the whimsagoth like yes, style sure. movement that happened in the 90s. I mean, not just this film. It was, hap- you know, there was lots of stuff happening. Oh, but yeah. It was this film was very emblematic of it. Yes, 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 yes. This is the one of the one of the top things I think of when I think of that style and um, I love that it kind of has that, like, what what do they call it? Like, coastal grandma? Yes. Like, chic, but in a really bohemian witchy way. I don't know what, mm-hmm. I don't, it's so pretty. <laughs> that kitchen is. is to die for. The kitchen is so stunning. Or even, like, I think of, like, um, Sally Shop is oh, just, yes. like, so, so clean and beautiful. Although, I do kind of, like, look at that, and I, I mean, I appreciate it, but I'm, like, if everyone in this town hates you, is like entrepreneurship really your best yeah, bet? Like, maybe we just head out. <laughs> maybe we maybe we just go elsewhere, possibly. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the people, they are judgmental, but they want their magic creams. So yeah. maybe that's the real lesson there. Yeah, isn't, I mean, ain't that just the way? <laughs> ain't that just the way. Also, the two women who work in her shop, uh, icons. Yes, they're so good. I can't think of that. Um, oh my gosh, what is the actress's name? Margot Margot Martindale. Yeah, uh, I think so. That plays like everyone's mom and everything. I love her so much. I was yes. so happy she's in that. Oh my gosh, it's just such a it's such a fun movie. It just makes me smile every time I watch it. It's definitely one of my like cozy movies mm-hmm. that I can just put on. It's an excellent movie for doing like crafts too, and the soundtrack yes the soundtrack is so beautiful i i was really happy i think you brought this up at the beginning of the episode just the um was it practical magic practical magic summer summer was it spring Mm -hmm. or summer last year um just like hearing the theme on my tiktok for like two weeks straight was one of the high points of of 2022 (laughs) Uh, i i really I don't know what to, how to articulate what that 
style of music is but it, it's very whimsical it and is. it's like very it sounds like magic if magic were music yeah it's a very <laughs> it it lightens your spirit yeah but yes it is a a fave for me and i would say even though even though i am not a witch or a magical type of lady i am definitely all about having you know your kind of thoughtful intentional life celebrating small moments of magic like midnight margaritas with your besties uh, so I am definitely planning on having another Practical Magic Summer this year, and I hope that some of you will join us and keep it keep the energy going. Yes, and plant rosemary by your gate. Always, <laughs> Always toss salt over your, <laughs> your shoulder. <laughs> uh, can I do a quick uh, small business plug? Since we're yes, about of course. Uh, a, a shop that you actually, I think, originally Ooh, yes, introduced I know what me you're to, gonna say. Ever Crumbly and Witch, yes. does um, every, I think they do it, from what I've seen, I've been following them for like three years now, and it seems like they do it every October, um, they re-release their Practical Magic Witch hat, and it's like the official like it looks like the Owen sisters hat yes, from the so last scene where they jump off the roof. Um, and it's really beautiful. Penny owns at least one, maybe more of their hats, correct? Yeah, I have one. I have um, my purple, purple which, my one. purple floral one. I Every time I see their hats in my feed, I'm like, I need another one. Yeah, well, and they're really, I mean, looks so like beautiful, they're so well made. Well made was what I was, yeah, leading yeah. up to there is I don't own one personally, but I've seen yours and I've seen, I know Chelsea owns several and uh, like they're really, really like artistically made. Yes. Like it's not just somebody gluing like flowers on a witch hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Full, really, full, like full millinery experience. Full milliners, yeah. Um, so check them out on Instagram uh, and follow them. And if you want a great practical magic hat, it's it's worth your dollar. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, that is my practical magic. I I thought that we should do, do something a little fun for spring. And since I've been telling you about corpses a lot lately, <laughs> I literally was like trying to prep an episode for today and i started mine i was like we gotta do something light here because we've been talking a lot about death lately (laughs) we really have uh that was that's the winter the winter was bringing all the death on and now spring is coming hopefully it's still snow it still keeps snowing in wisconsin but eventually it'll be spring and it'll be time for for frolicking around and margaritas magic summer and margaritas yes i also this i I never know when to shut up but i also found um, a sticker on etsy that is a little um like decal for your rear view mirror in your car that says the belladonna is in my bag and i oh my god really really bad because i you and i are both that way i love like a subtle film Mm -hmm. reference that isn't like spirit halloween printing Pocus pocus across. Oh my god, right. I okay, this is since we're talking about side tangents, <laughs> I had seen some people complaining about, you know, that and like the spirit mm-hmm. Halloween and like the fact that like, oh yeah, they'll probably make Wednesday merch, but it'll say Wednesday over everything. Right. And that has been my biggest pet peeve ever since I was a child. Mm. Like I remember wanting a Disney princess dress as a kid. But like the dresses would have the princess's the face printed yeah. on it. And I was like, no, I do not want a dress with like 
Sleeping Beauty's face on it. In this moment, I, I am Sleeping Beauty. You yeah. are ruining my immersion in this experience. You said my drag is good enough that you'll know who the hell I am. Hell yeah. But yes, <laughs> I have I have always I have always hated the like need to put that and also you know as someone who worked in marketing for many years i am always distraught at people's desire to just slap their logo on things as large as possible and i'm like no you're ruining it why are you doing this so i definitely buy ghoul's night in pod merch with our logo slapped across Uh, well, with that being said, uh, one of my friends put together a really good little Etsy shopping list of cute practical magic uh, things you can buy that are not that don't have the words practical magic popped hey. across them. So I will find that and we can share it uh, yeah, maybe in the stories sure. over on the Instagram when this episode goes live. Yes. And I know um, that uh, Spooky Little Halloween had a guide to having a practical magic summer that she posted yes. last year. So maybe I we forgot can about that. Dig that up as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all for joining us today. If you love Practical Magic, um, please do give us a comment and let us know. And if you have not watched it, like, you know, there's no shame in that. Sometimes you get in life and you're like, oh, I turned out I've never seen this. This is a great opportunity to watch it. Uh, so movies out there. It's hard to watch them all. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so give it a watch and enjoy it and let us know what you think. Um, We would also love to know what you think about our podcast. Uh, We love to have new reviews and read them on the episodes. And today we do not have any reviews to read, uh, which is terribly sad. Uh, So if you are listening, we do appreciate it so much. Um, If you could take the moment to leave us a five-star review and we will read it here. Uh, Otherwise, if you want to Stick around and find out more about the show. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Ghoul's Night in Pod. Um, and you can find me at Penny Snark on all the things. And you can find me across all platforms at Midge Munster. And until next time. Goodbye. Good-